Welcome to Gladiatrix. I am woman and hear me roar. I'm your host, Malini Sarma. Every week, I will be speaking with women from all over the world who will be sharing their journeys, their stories about overcoming their fears and achieving great things that they thought they never could. So if you don't want to miss a story, make sure you subscribe. Before we talk about today's show, I would like to say thank you to all my guests who have been featured on the Gladiatrix podcast to date. I have a dream. There are 193 countries in the United Nations, and I have a dream that I can host at least one woman from every country in the world on this podcast. That is 193 countries, 193 stories, on 193 shows. So if you know of somebody who should be featured on the show, please drop me a note. I would really appreciate it. In today's episode, we're speaking with Marla Brainbridge Martinez. Marla is from Alabama, but today she lives in Mexico on an island off of Cancun. She talks of her struggles of trying to learn in a traditional setting to becoming an educational consultant and now a vacationista. This is her story. Hey, Marla, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Hi, Malini. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this all week. <laughs> awesome. So let's dive right in. So um, I know you grew up in Alabama and um, most of your family is there. So what was it like growing up? What were some of the, you know, what were some of the um, things that kind of stand out as you is you know, growing up in Alabama? You know, just small town living. It's everything that you kind of think small town life in Alabama would be. You know, I lived in this really safe small town where, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood and then I have, you know, my parents and my sister and the dog and it was just pretty typical. Um, so yeah, life was good. It was easy. So are you the oldest? I am the oldest by seven uh, years. Oh, Okay. All right. You know, there's some traits I've noticed, like a lot of my guests, you know, when they're the older one, it's just the way how they approach life and how they kind of make decisions is just different compared to like a younger sibling. So I would agree. I would agree. My sister is very successful and is, is great, but mm -hmm. um, we definitely approach life differently. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so you, um, uh, how did you get into it? Because I know you have a background in education, education consulting. So how did, how did you go into that? Is that kind of natural because you know growing up even I, um, I um i have a teacher's degree but it was almost like oh that's the safe thing and that's what a woman should do you know go into career where you can you know uh, so when you get married and have kids you could be home for, the, for your husband and children and that's where what women should do i mean is that how it was for you or was it something else not at all <laughs> not at all i was the worst um, student, like my, if you looked at my report cards, you would think, oh my goodness, you know, is this person, what are the issues with this person? Because I was not, I didn't learn traditionally, but yet I was in a traditional school. Mm -hmm. And so school was very difficult for me. I didn't enjoy it. Um, you know, I, 
probably have some ADHD or, Mm -hmm. you know, other things, but um, I just didn't learn traditionally, but I did like, you know, to learn, but just Mm -hmm. in a different way. And Mm -hmm. so I ended up going to um, a trade school and Mm -hmm. going to cosmetology school. Mm -hmm. So my entrepreneurship has been, you know, going since then. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I have owned up my own salons and own businesses and and worked, you know, for training for hair color companies and done other things, Mm -hmm. you know, so that, I've been doing that forever, but when I went through my divorce in 92 mm-hmm. is when I decided that I thought I wanted that lifestyle that you just described mm-hmm. where, you know, oh, well, if I'm teaching, then I can, you know, be home more because when you own a salon, you're working weekends and mm-hmm. holidays and weddings and things like that. And mm-hmm. it, I was, you know, working 16 hour days. Mm-hmm. And I think I was just burned out and tired. Mm-hmm. So I went back to school for education and, um, Little did I know that being an educator does not mean you're done at three o'clock and you have weekends off necessarily. Right, right. It means you're planning and grading papers. And because I don't learn traditionally, I found that I really connected with students that don't learn traditionally. And mm-hmm. so I was creating opportunities in my classroom that were not a textbook or a workbook. Oh. So I was, which was taking me a lot more time and a lot more effort, but I just mm-hmm. felt like if you're going to do it, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And so as a firstborn, I think that's a, a trait. Right. And so then I moved to California um, and started work as a director of educational technology at a private school in um, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going to get my master's at Pepperdine in uh, educational leadership because mm-hmm. that was the piece that I really liked about it was the curriculum and the instruction mm-hmm. part of it. Mm-hmm. So my path to education was a little bit backwards, you know, and, and my grades were great in my, my master's program. I had a 4.0 wow. and it's because the way that my program was designed, it was a cohort and everything we learned was applied in our job. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just memorize this or take this test and be done. It was learn something and apply it in a mm-hmm. real authentic real life situation. Mm-hmm. And that, that just matters to mm-hmm. me in my learning style. And I think it does for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So um, just going back to, you know, your, your previous life, right? So when you were in school and then when, you know, tr- when you had trouble learning in a traditional setting, Did you have like a teacher that probably kind of guided you said, you know what, maybe you should think about this or were your like parents upset because you're like, why isn't this girl figuring things out? And oh my God, she's in so much trouble all the time. And, you know, because I know with firstborns, it's always like you have to, you're like the good kid. You know, they are kind of like, they always say, you know, with parents also, they're experimenting with their first child because they have no clue how to do parents the first time anyway. So how did, how was that growing up? I mean, that must have had a tremendous impact, you know, on just learning to deal with situations and people and the questions people ask. Did you ever have that kind of thing? Not really. I mean, I was relatively a good kid, not a perfect kid by any stretch of the imagination. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was frustrating for my parents in mm-hmm. terms of my grades. And I stayed grounded mm-hmm. a lot of my life because, <laughs> you know, bad report cards. But, you right. know, like you say, my parents didn't know what to do with me because mm-hmm. I was the first and they were figuring it out too. And I certainly have no judgment, but um, you know, just trying to figure out the path. And I think that's important that we not try and put 
children in a box until, you know, we really listen to them and their learning style mm-hmm. and how they learn and what the world's going to mean to them. Mm-hmm. So, so how did you, how did you decide that, okay, you know what, this is not working for me. So I'm not going to go to college right now. I'm just going to go to cosmetology school. How did that decision, or was that kind of like suggested to you? Or is it just something that you like to do? And he's like, you know what, I'm going to do this instead because it makes me happy. My best friend, my senior year, her mother was a hairdresser and she, my best friend was going to cosmetology school when we were seniors. Mm -hmm. And so I did the same thing. And then she ended up, you know, going to college and getting an accounting degree or finance degree because Mm -hmm. she's really smart and she did great in school. Mm -hmm. I ended up taking the entrepreneurial route and Mm -hmm. have no regrets. I learned so much, you know, owning my own business at 21 years old and um, just real life experiences and, and applying all of those things mm-hmm. in an authentic situation right. works best for me. That's, that's, that's really, that's really awesome. I mean, at, at 21, you were owning your own business. Did it, did it scare you? I mean, or was it more of a survival thing? So like, you know what, I'm just going to make this work for me because this is what makes me happy. How did, how did, what was your mindset at the time when you, you know, starting your own business? Was it just natural for you to do that? Probably should have been scared, but I wasn't. I just, the place where I lived, I couldn't find a salon that I really fit in. I, I liked all of, you know, the, the women that worked in these salons. They were fantastic and, you know, we're friends to this day. But the I couldn't find a vibe that I was really loved working in. So I just decided to create my own. So I went to the bank and they gave me $5,000 and you know, my family and I got together and I rented a space and we redesigned the space and it and it took off. So it was good. That was awesome. That is so awesome. That is so cool. And your parents were with you. I mean, you had support, you know, your family and the and your community was like, talk about now trying to go get a loan, okay? Right. The amount of paperwork that you have to do and prove right. that you're going to be able to make money and give it back to them. I mean, that's awesome that the, you know, you had such a supportive community. And I don't think we would have been able to do it now for only five thousand dollars. True. I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> That's very true. So after after LA and you were a director there, what happened after that? So then I had my master's and I moved to Las Vegas and I was director of curriculum instruction at a private school in Las Vegas mm-hmm. and then moved to um, um, educational consulting with a firm out of Portland, Oregon, where I was consulting with schools internationally on how to map out their curriculum using the software for the company that I was working for and help putting in place processes of curriculum review and analysis. So looking at what teachers teach, when they teach it, how they teach it, and why they teach it, Mm -hmm. and where are the gaps and redundancies for students. So a whole student experience within a school system or a school. So for example, the school where I worked, we taught Aztec history mm-hmm. in third grade and again in eighth grade, mm-hmm. which was fine as long as the content wasn't the same. Right. Because you don't want kids to have to say, wait, we already did this. Now we have to do it again. Why? So, you know, getting those two teachers to talk to each other mm-hmm. and come up with a plan on what's going to be covered in third grade and how the eighth grade teacher is going to connect that for students. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just putting in place those processes of curriculum review and analysis. Mm-hmm. So you've been, you, you did that for quite a bit though, but then something changed because then you just decided that like, okay, you're, you're done from being, you know, being a consultant and you're now you're now uh, want to have a, what you call like laptop life by the beach in that, you know, right. you now live in Mexico. So how did all that, right. how did that happen? 
So I must, you know, as you've seen, I kind of do things zero to 60. I don't really know an in-between. I, I go full <laughs> force all in, you know, yeah. tunnel vision, and then I burn out. Mm-hmm. So I was just tired, and I um, came to vacation at Isla Mujeres, Mexico, on this island, and I just fell in love with it and the people, and I kept meeting more and more expats, expatriates, Americans, and Canadians who were living here on the island, and I just said, well, if they can do it, I can do it. You know, why can't I do it? I want to do it. So I still had my house in Las Vegas, so I sold everything. Mm-hmm. I was living in Atlanta at the time. Um, and then I sold everything and moved here and said, you know, if I have to move back to the United States and work until I retire, like the rest of the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's been 10 years, so and I'm still here. Um, but I just think I just burned out. I was just tired and I mm-hmm. wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm sure the sun and the, and the, and the ocean and all yeah. that, and the food, it must be like amazing. And people are so friendly. Yes. The community here is unlike any other mm-hmm. and you know, we're a five mile by about one mile island and mm-hmm. in the Caribbean uh, just off of Cancun okay so it's, it is it's beautiful and easy and you know and hard at the same time I mean there are certainly um, inconveniences to living in Mexico but that's okay that was sort of one of the reasons I wanted to move here is I felt like I was on this hamster wheel, this corporate hamster wheel, just trying to keep up with the Joneses when I was in the States. And I was tired of that. I, you know, I wanted to be here where it didn't matter what you drove or, you know, if you drove anything mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it, it just didn't matter. You could just be part of the community. And so that's what I did. That's, that's really cool. So now, now I, I do know that you have multiple businesses in Mexico too, right? Because you've got multiple things. you got, like you said, zero to 60 and you've got multiple things, uh, multiple irons in the fire. So what are some of the other uh, businesses that you're running besides, because uh, you have vacation homes, right? The, the current one that you're, the, your main one that you're working on. Well, I have a website that markets vacation homes. So okay. I'm more like a I'm not really a travel agent. I'm more like a vacationista. Okay. I like (laughs) that. I like that word. (laughs) Helps plan the vacation. And I only book for properties here on the island. I don't book for anywhere else. I don't book airfare. But when someone wants to come to the island, I help them find the right property for them. I work with about 150 property owners on the island Mm -hmm. and book their properties for them. And um, so then I started, you know, since I moved here 10 years ago, I just said, okay, what am I going to do? I thought I was going to continue consulting. And then I went to Shanghai for working in Shanghai for a while. And then I was supposed to go to Thailand. And this is when the flood hit back about 10 years ago. Right. So that was canceled. And then I just decided I didn't want to travel anymore. I just wanted to stay here. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking for things to do and I was building websites for people and I was managing properties for people and owners that didn't live on the island but had vacation rentals here. I would do that and helping with social media marketing for restaurants and bars. My husband is in a band and so I would help market the band and book weddings and things like that and just mm-hmm. some collaborative marketing mm-hmm. and that was where that sort of came into play mm-hmm. and then I realized that you know I could create a multifaceted business so now the way that I have my system set up is you Melanie if you decide you're coming to vacation on Isla Mujeres I'm gonna get you reserved in a villa and then I'm gonna make sure that you have airport transportation and then 
to the ferry and what to expect and who's going to meet you there and then mm -hmm. ask you if you want welcome snacks on the counter in which I'm going to then order from my restaurant mm -hmm. and catering business. Right. And, and when I say my, I mean my husband and me. Mm -hmm. And um, then, so the catering is all part of it. We also have a signature experience we call dinnertainment mm -hmm. since my husband is a chef and a musician. Mm -hmm. So you come in and you have an experience. So you've rented this great villa because you're coming down for somebody's birthday or anniversary or something to celebrate. Mm -hmm. And so entertainment is a great way to do that. And we come in and we bring margaritas and appetizers and salad and dinner and dessert and how he plays guitar. And it's super interactive and low key. And, and that sort of started because when I moved here, people would say, what? you live here? How do you get to live here? Mm -hmm. What do you do when you live here? And like, well, we get together and we play music and we eat good food. And they mm -hmm. say, well, I wanted to do that. I want to mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, that business was born entertainment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I work with other providers on the island to make sure if you're here, you want a golf cart and I've connected you with Julio to get the golf cart rented and Roberto's going to take you fishing. And, so it's more just collaboration and having our own businesses. And then when you leave, I'm going to send you an email that says, here's my Isla t-shirt in case you forgot any souvenirs. We can have these delivered to your door. Mm -hmm. So it's a Shopify store. Mm -hmm. So we've just sort of taken the whole experience and not just approached it as a vacation rental, but more of an, an experience. And that way you also, it's kind of like a, um, like you said, it was a community event because you've engaged every single uh, business that is on the island so everybody has a stake in it and they're all providing value and everybody gets uh, something out of it right so right. exactly I think that is I think that is really cool and I think that's one of the uh, advantages of living in small uh, communities because you're connected with everybody right right so um, and, and I know it has I know it's it's um, you you make it sound like a lot of fun and and easy but it's not I know there's there's a lot of stuff that happens in the background that makes running of it smoothly, you know, for it to go smoothly. So I'm sure you've had ups and downs, you know, weather and hurricanes and, of course, now the pandemic and, you know, because it, it's basically a tourist business. So if there's no tourists, then that's you're going to be impacted, right? Right. So how do you how do you deal with that when you I mean, are you mentally prepared? I mean, I, you, can, you know, considering you started your own business at 21, I'm sure you've got tons of experience. But what do you do when things go awry? And you're like, I mean, have you ever like just sat there and said, what? Why did I get into this? Have you ever thought like that? Or you're like, you know, what? we'll get through this. Through. How, how do you how do you handle it when you go through rough patches? hard for those thoughts to not creep in when you've just lost tens of thousands of dollars in canceled reservations. And our island was actually shut down from March until June. Mm -hmm. And um, so we had zero tourists and we were on lockdown, could not leave the house for several months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was very difficult. Unfortunately, I was prepared with money that I had saved for low season mm -hmm. um, because we know this living on this tourist island that we have high season and low season. And we know there are a few months in the fall that are going to be difficult. So we save money to be prepared for those times. And that money has helped us, you know, get, get through it. And we have 15 employees at the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And so it was important for us to help, you know, take care of them, them and, Javi and I, if it were just us, we could side hustle our way through it. We have done a, a weekly 
live show, live stream concert where we're playing music and it's more kind of a talk show format and we do mm -hmm. giveaways and things like that mm -hmm. just to kind of help people, people entertained and connected to the island because the island is such that people who come here usually come at least every year and sometimes multiple times a year. Ooh. So people are really connected to the island. So I think that was an important piece of keeping us connected. And it also really um, was a forced opportunity for me, you know, Mm -hmm. to look at my businesses and thankfully I had systems in place that that do make things easier I mean mm -hmm. there are always things you know problems to solve but that's that's just part of being an entrepreneur I think right. is you know what is the problem how are you going to solve it right it so, and, and you do have um, uh, because of your prior businesses and you've been, you know doing this for almost 10 years you're you've built an email list and you have your regular customers and you know, so you have people you can reach out to that don't live there, but are, you know, connect, like you said, connected to the island. So, um, cause like you said, you and I, uh, we were both on Pat's, uh, we follow Pat Flynn right. and on the income stream, you know, I'm sure you've met a lot of people who knew friends, right. Um, right. Know more about your business now and, and probably helped out or given advice or whatever. Right. Right. And there were what we were finding is when we did our Friday night live show that we would have the same, you know, 50 people show up every Friday night and they are still um, coming and we're still doing, you know, it's we've been doing this since April and we haven't missed a Friday night. And so for those, you know, handful, 10, 20 people that were coming every single um, Friday night and donating to our virtual tip jar, which was what we were using to pay our employees' salaries. Mm -hmm. um, so we created a membership group, and now we have a membership group with a monthly fee mm -hmm. uh, that we just use Facebook for, and then we do live content and you know private content for for that group, and they pay you know a, a set fee every month, which helps us kind of get through the pandemic. That's really, that's that's very creative. I mean, but like you said, this is forced opportunities. It forces you to think outside the box and come up with new ways. Because right. if there was no pandemic, we probably wouldn't have. I'm, I'm sure a lot of the businesses, new businesses that cropped up, probably wouldn't even happen. So, right, um, and you know, the travel will come back. I, you know, we're not worried about if if this is a forever thing. It's right. not. And right. We're just side hustling our way through it. Um, you know, because it's a forced opportunity to, to learn other learn other things and, um, you know, which is one of the things that, you know, that has really come from this is my new business, um, which is helping course creators kind of think about their courses from the inside out. They're experts who know what they're doing and there's 50 million people teaching how to, to create online courses. And after I took some trying to, you know, expand my own knowledge, what I learned is that I could help these people from the inside out. And I really didn't think about that until in the last couple of months mm -hmm. um, when I was approached by an entrepreneur who's a presenter and a coach and she had an online course and said, you know, I'm going to be giving this course to um, teachers in a state department of education and I need an educator to help me make sure this course is set up well mm -hmm. and I thought oh well maybe that's an opportunity mm -hmm. so that's what I'm working on now is how to optimize your online course so it's more than just a sales funnel and um, and it really gets your students results that mm -hmm. they come back and um, you know it's, it's win 
it's designed to give the win and you know that they're going to finish your course and Mm -hmm. they're going to write reviews and give you referrals and they're not going to ask for refunds. So just really helping from the inside out, looking at the course from a teaching and learning perspective. Okay. That's really cool because now you can actually use all your educational consultant experience plus your own experience and, you know, give a provide value to people who probably didn't even realize that there, there is something more to what they were doing. Right. So, right. And that's what I'm finding. And it's also kind of difficult to talk about it because, you know, when you start using education jargon, people's eyes sort of glaze over and go, well, yeah, that sounds good, but what is it? You know, Mm -hmm. so finding a way to sort of translate it Mm -hmm. um, has been a a fun challenge to figure out the words that make sense for people. And it's not that people aren't smart. They are, they're incredibly intelligent and their course, you know, courses are good. I mean, I've taken some really good courses, Mm -hmm. but just, there are just some simple techniques that, you know, we do as educators that it's not their fault. They don't know. They didn't, you know, go to school for that. They went to school for something else. Right. So, you know, I can help solve that problem. That's really cool. So, um, so now you have, uh, you know, you've been doing business for almost um, 20, 30 years. Knowing what you know now, what would you have told your younger self? Is there anything that you would have told your younger self that would have made the journey different or better? I would say, and I had something else, you know, in mind when we first started talking about this, but I think travel changes people. It Mm -hmm. broadens what, how you see the world. Mm -hmm. And I would, you know, growing up in small town, Alabama, it really never occurred to me that I would live in Los Angeles or that I would travel to different countries around the world. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I was just very narrow minded in that sense. Mm -hmm. You know, most people kind of say close to home. Mm -hmm. And, um, so once I started doing that is when I really, looking back, is when I really see that I grew as a person. So knowing what I know now, I would tell my younger self, travel sooner, get to know people and different cultures all around the world, mm-hmm. and let that shape you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's um, I, can, I can attest to that. Because I, uh, you know, you learn something new every time you travel. Every different place has a different culture and personality, and it really opens up, opens up your mind. So um, it's hard to describe that, right? Right. Like right. we can say that it opens up your mind, but it, when we say it, when it just sounds almost cliche, but right. there, it's indescribable. It's yep. just indescribable. And, and you just think you just co- think in a completely different way. You know, it's like you didn't, it just, uh, like, it's like thinking outside the box. Yeah. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So now um, for, as a businesswoman, if you had to, um, you know, give advice to somebody who is, you know, young women who are just starting out, um, what would be the top three pieces that you found the most useful or would you would consider that they should absolutely do in order to be successful? Choose something for you to serve others first because it's easier to have a business that um, is something that people already need mm-hmm. and that you can serve others with. Um, have systems in place that make your life easier. Mm-hmm. And the third piece, is, uh, third piece of advice would be to just jump and, you know, fail forward 
you know, everything's not going to be a success and it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to look like what you think it's going to look like, mm-hmm. but you won't know. What is it that Pat Flynn says? You have to be the disaster before you can become the master. master right, right. <laughs> I don't know if that's his quote or if he took it from someone else, but that's where I got it from. And mm-hmm. I, I think he's right. And, mm-hmm. you know, don't get stuck thinking I'm not ready. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Just do it. I mean, you know, when I started the Shopify store, I didn't, you know, have this huge long business plan. I didn't, you know, I just researched it and just did it. And if, you know, if it didn't work out and I closed it, okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and granted there are other businesses that require more capital upfront, but mm-hmm. you know, I just think do it, just do it and surround yourself with people. You know, you're the summary of the five people you spend most of your time with. Right. And, you know, you and I are in several groups together and, you know, I'm part of other groups and that has been super helpful as an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, Mm -hmm. but surrounding myself with other entrepreneurs who are going through what I'm going through and push me to be better and Mm -hmm. challenge me. And, um, I think that's probably really important is, you know, you, you are a summary of who you surround yourself with. I think that's, I think that's um, very important. I've I've learned that myself in the last, I think this pandemic has kind of forced us to be a little more creative in how we choose to meet our people. And I think, I think this is, uh, I think that has really changed my perspective and I've learned so much just hanging out with a lot of, a lot of the groups, like you said, you know, that we hang out with, I've learned so much. Yeah. So um, if people need to get a hold of you, what, where would they want to go? I mean, do you have like a website? Cause I know you do multiple businesses. So where would you want people to go to? to? Well, if you, if you want to come to Isla Mujeres and come on vacation, then you can reach me at www.islavacay.com, Isla Vacay. Um, if you want to work on your own course and work on op- Optimizing your course from the inside out, you can find me at refocusedincome.com because that was sort of how I approached the pandemic was how can I increase my income streams with skills and talents that I already have? Mm-hmm. How can I refocus the, my income with, you know, doing, you know, things, things that I already know. Mm-hmm. So refocusedincome.com is how you can, can find me there. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Marla. I really appreciated taking the time and being on this on the podcast. And I can't wait to send this to you and you so that you can send it to all your folks because I think this is great advice, um, even for somebody who's just starting out and for people who want to come and um, visit your island in Mexico. Well, thank you so much, Melanie, for having me. I think that you have just you will have a great podcast and all of your guests are so interesting. So I feel really honored to be part of that. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you love the show, please leave a review. Just remember, you could be one story away from being inspired.